Good morning. Please stand for the reading of the word. This is Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking for our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, you guys have a seat. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for your word. Um, as we just said, thanks be to God. Thanks be to you, God, for your word that we can open this beautiful word of yours and read it and learn from it and be challenged and be convicted. Also be so encouraged and so um, just uplifted, just made hopeful in who you are and, and what you are doing, what you have done in our lives and in this world and in your church, God, what you're still doing in your church, Lord. So I, I, we just, we, we're grateful this morning. I pray today, God, that you would lead us here in your word as we just walk through it here in Hebrews and these other scriptures, Lord. Help us to see, help us to see, God, how you're drawing us near to yourself, how you have done that in Jesus Christ, your son, and are continuing to do that. And you do that through the ministry of his his blood shed for us, but also the ministry of one another, for one another, to one another, so that we might experience you more and know you better in the shared experience of the hope of Jesus that we have together. So God, just draw us in now and uh, help us to, man, just to look to Christ and rejoice in Jesus and in the hope that you have given us and the common faith that we have together as your church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and open it up with me to the book of Hebrews. It's towards the very end, if you don't know where Hebrews is. Kind of towards the very end, like five five or six books from the, from the end there. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, we'll, we'll hang out there a little bit. We'll also go over to 1 Peter, which is two books after Hebrews, um, and then Ephesians towards the end. So um, as we've been in this series, uh, Knowing God, uh, the last few weeks, the, uh, the whole idea, the whole premise of this series, just to get you caught up if you haven't uh, been here, is that God loves us and knows us and is calling us, each one of us, into relationship with himself to know him and walk with him in that relationship that we call faith. I, I really use the word faith as really the, the definite, the kind of the overarching term of the relationship that we have with God. That's what our faith is. We have faith in Jesus Christ, his son, in the gospel that we sang about. I'll not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came, that he lived a perfect sinless life, that he died on a cross, a sinner's death for you and for me to pay the price for our sins, that he rose again on the third day, that he lives now and forevermore. We made that confession this morning. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. We believe this is the gospel. And because of that now, God has opened up a way for us through Jesus Christ to be in relationship with him, not just to know some stuff in our heads, 
Not just to have theological uh, astuteness in our minds that we, that we understand some facts. Those, those things are great to know. It's great to know theology. I hope you know theology. I hope you grow in your knowledge about God and the things of his word. But really, man, I hope you grow to know God. That's what God wants. And he's drawing us in to a relationship with him that now, for, from the time you, you begin to believe through the rest of your life until he calls you home into heaven, that God is inviting you into a real active relationship. That's what faith is. That's what Christian faith is. It's not sitting on the bench watching life go by. It's being active, getting in the game and playing and, and enjoying and working and serving and giving and loving him and loving others, neighbors, friends, coworkers, family, even enemies. And God's calling us into this life. And it's a beautiful life. It's a glorious life in Jesus to abide in him and walk with him in relationship. The, the problem that I think so many Christians face today is that we've kind of bought into this lie that Christianity is about just knowing some things about God or maybe saying a prayer one time when you're a kid or being baptized at some point. And then it's just, I'll go to church every now and then and I'll listen to the professional Christians talk to me about the Bible. And then I'll just go live my, my days out until I go to heaven and that's boring. That, that's not what faith is. That's not what God is calling us into. The Bible doesn't know anything about that kind of faith. The Bible knows about a faith that is active, that is living, that is pursuing a relationship with him every day and to do good in this world. Jesus told his followers that we are salt and light in this world. That means we are useful to the world in which we live. And so we are called into that relationship with him to know him and to be sent out, employed and equipped by his spirit every day to go and live out the things that he has taught us. Um, so today, and so what, what we've been doing the last few weeks is really looking at some of these spiritual disciplines that God's given us. His word two weeks ago, last week was prayer. And today is really the church, the community of the church and the beauty of that and the necessity of the community of the church. Another issue that I think so many Christians have today is that they begin to believe that, well, I'm saved, I'm good, I know Jesus, and that's good for me. I have this personal faith that I can live out in Jesus Christ. And listen, that's true. When you come to faith in Jesus, that's your faith. You own that faith. That is you and the Lord. You know him. He knows you and you are walking with him. You are accountable and responsible to live out your faith personally. It's not about your mom's faith, your dad's faith, your pastor's faith, your grandma's faith. It's your faith. And you got to live that out. However, is our faith, are we called in our faith to live that out sort of in a, in a vacuum, separated from the, from the outside world, separated from other people? Are we called to live out our faith that way? The answer is no. Always, always throughout scripture and in the New Testament, especially as the church is being built, the apostles teach us and Jesus teaches us that we are to live out our faith in community, that that is how faith is designed to work. Faith is a team sport. It is meant to be lived with one another. There are hundreds of one another's in the New Testament. And God is just constantly calling us into relationship with himself and into relationship with one another. Because the best way to know and experience God is in community. Yes, you can be a Christian on your own. You can be. But I would submit you probably won't be the kind of Christian that God's really calling you into. The kind of life that he's really calling you to live. Apart from community. 
And so, man, my kind of my, my hope for you this morning, my hope for anybody that may be listening to this message later, okay, would just simply be that, man, you would hear God's call to you. Yes, put your hope in Jesus and walk and follow Jesus, but do that together in the community. So in Hebrews, again, Hebrews chapter 10, what a wonderful paragraph this is where, where the author tells us this. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, he's just talking about Jesus, what Jesus has done for us, that he has made a way, he's made an entrance for us into the, the most holy place. I'm gonna talk more about the most holy place in a, in a little bit. But man, he's just kind of painting this picture of the temple, like we get to enter into the holy place of God. How? Through the curtain, that is his body, the body of Jesus broken and killed on the cross of Calvary. His blood shed for us, made a way for us to enter into the presence of God. What is sin? Sin is the separation of you from God, from his presence. If you know your Old Testament history, the reality for the Israelites was they couldn't be really fully, truly in the presence of God. God was hidden in the temple, hidden behind this curtain. And yet now, because of what Jesus has done, we have this free access into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says... Since we have a great priest over the house of God, that's Jesus. He's our priest. He gives us access to the Father. Verse 22, he says, Let us draw near to God with sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. He says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. What is the hope that we profess? It's the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that even though I'm a sinner, that even though I deserve death and hell forever, that Jesus Christ died on a cross to take my sins on him, to pay the price that I deserve. And so by faith in Jesus Christ, I am given access to God's presence forever. Not death, not hell, not judgment, not condemnation, but love and grace and mercy and adoption into his family forever. That's the gospel. And that's the hope that I had. That's the hope that you had, that we have. Now, here's the thing that... And, and psychology understands this, by the way. I mean, they've done studies, they've done tests on these kind of things about shared experience. This thing, kind of this phenomenon called shared experience. What is shared experience? Shared experience is just the idea that you and I experience things better and more fully and more joyfully when we experience them together, when we experience them in a shared reality. They've actually done tests on this um, where they would, they would like get, get people and they would show them images or videos or different kinds of things. And they would do that alone. They would do that to people just all by themselves. And then they would actually have family members or friends come in with them and they would sh show them those same things or they would watch them again or they would see the images again. And like the, they would map brainwaves and things like this. And they would always find that when people were watching and seeing these things with someone else, it was better and it was more enjoyable. Like their brains were lighting up in a different way because shared experience, we are created, we are wired in our souls to actually live our lives craving and desiring and thriving on community, shared experiences. You can experience things by yourself, you can, but we all know, man, it's just better when we experience certain things together. Anybody here play golf? Like raise your hand if you play golf. All right, golf is a solo sport. I get that. But generally, like we play golf with other people. Like if you play golf and you got a hole in one by yourself, 
Anybody done that? Anybody gotten a hole in one by themselves? Seriously? No, you didn't. Like if you raise your hand, it's a lie. Nobody believes you. Right? Because it's not shared. Like that's the point. You need somebody there. You need somebody to see what you just saw a few weeks ago. I gave the illustration of like if you went to, um, and, for, and forgive the, all the, the sporting illustrations, I understand that. But if you went to some sporting event and they told you either like you could go and watch this game, but you had to be by yourself. You couldn't sit with any friends or family. Would that be as enjoyable as going and doing it together? No, it wouldn't. Or if you, if you got to go into that game and you could sit around each other, but you couldn't cheer the entire game, you're not allowed to clap. You're not allowed to yell. Like you might have a good time internally, but you wouldn't enjoy it the same way because you can't share the experience. We know this to be true. God has wired us this way. What is the shared experience of the church? What is the author of Hebrews telling us? The shared experience of Christians is the hope of the gospel. That's our shared experience. You and I have a thousand different experiences. You come from different places than I come from. We all have different backgrounds, different families, different friends, different jobs, different things going on in our lives. But we share this, the hope of the gospel. We share the fact that we have been given confidence, he said, to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. You and I share that reality. We have confidence to enter in behind the curtain through the blood uh, shed on the cross of Jesus Christ. We have confidence to draw near to God with sincere hearts and full assurance of faith. We have confidence that our sins are forgiven. We are washed clean, made free by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. We have that shared experience. Does that experience, that knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for you, does it not grow exponentially when we share it together with one another? Yes, you can have faith by yourself and sure, go to heaven. I guarantee you, you will not have as much joy in your faith. You will not experience the fullness of that hope that he's talking about if you don't do it together. If we don't actually share those things together here in just a second, not, not right this second, but in just a minute, uh, I'm going to actually give some of y'all an opportunity, if you want to, to raise your hand and share a 10 second testimony of how you have experienced God in the community of the church. All right. So just know that that's coming here in just a minute. Um, after I read a, a couple more scriptures, Scott England's going to bring a microphone around, but man, just the, the, the power of community, the power of shared experience. It's, it's wonderful and it's beautiful. Even in, listen, even in difficulties, even in sufferings, maybe especially in those things. And this is where these testimonies really matter. You just want to talk about shared experience and shared hope. We need to hear each other's stories. Here's what the apostle Peter says. If you flip over just two books, first Peter, first Peter chapter five, first Peter five, six through 11. He says this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Pause. If I told you right now, there was a lion outside. Like we got news. Your little phones went off. Meh, meh, like everybody heard it. And there was like a news alert. There was a lion that got like escaped from the Atlanta Zoo. And they're like, we've seen him on the east side of Newton County. We're not real sure where he is. If you knew that, would you walk outside by yourself? No. Why? Because when there's a lion prowling around, you get in community. You stay in community. You ever watch the nature shows? Lions don't eat herds. They eat individuals. They get them separated. 
Just saying. Okay. Your devil, your enemy, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone, not someone's, someone, one to devour, resist him. Standing firm in the faith. He's talking community here because you know that your brothers, plural, throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be power forever and ever. Amen. And what is Peter talking about? Man, Christians, another common experience that we all have is pain and trial and difficulty and temptation and suffering. We, we share those experiences. They're, they're different for each one of us in, in different ways, but we do share the reality of difficulty in life. And Peter's just saying, listen, if we know that this is true, he says, resist him, resist that roaring lion, resist the devil. How? By standing firm in faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. That there's a community in the church all going through the same difficulties, the same struggles, the same trials, the same temptations, the same sufferings. Some of the most powerful words in the human language are words, by the way, if you come on Thursday nights, you're going to hear these words. Hey, me too. That's some of the most powerful words in the entire language that you can ever hear. Somebody else go, yeah, uh, me too. You're going through that. You're struggling with that. You're having difficulty with that. Me too. Man, if you've ever just gone through the kind of suffering of maybe losing a loved one, man, just to have somebody there that puts arm around you and just says, man, I'm here. Even if they don't know, even if they haven't been through it, to have that community, the power of showing up, the power of being there, Y'all know that, that that means something, right? Don't, don't miss that. Don't forsake that. And so the author of Hebrews, back to Hebrews, he says this, verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another. There's that one another. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Again, God's calling us into a life that's active in our faith. We need to help each other with that. Let's spur each other on. That word literally means to like poke, like poke each other. Like you ever just need a poke? You ever just need somebody to like shove you? Just like get out there. I always say like introverts, you need an extroverted friend, you know, every now and then. Just like, come on, let's go do something. Let's get out there. Um, but we just all need, we, we need help sometimes in our faith too. We need help in following Jesus. We need help in our prayers. We need help in our, as we struggle and go through sufferings. You ever just have a moment in life where you're just doubting and you're struggling with your beliefs and you you get around other people who do know Jesus and they're able to uplift you. They're able to encourage you. Guys, that's what growth groups are for. That's what this time is for. Just to, we need to hear the gospel all the time and be encouraged, be spurred on. And he says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Is that not applicable to 2024? Some people in the habit of giving up, meeting together. Now listen, this is not just about come to church on Sundays. Yes, come to church on Sundays. But this is about be together, have community, have fellowship, walk with one another. That word together is the word koinonia in the Greek. It's the word koinonia in Greek. It it just means, it means fellowship. It means togetherness. It actually is communion Like that's the same word, just like we have deeper than even community. It's like we're doing life together. Don't give up. What he's saying is don't give up doing life together with each other. If you don't have a tribe of people that you're doing life together, I'm telling you, you're missing out. And if that's true of you, look, 
put your hand up and come, come ask us how we can help you get into that kind of community, that kind of communion, that kind of koinonia. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. He's talking about the day of the Lord, the day Jesus comes back. That's what he's talking about, the final day. As we see that day coming, we have hope. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Until that day, we're gonna keep meeting together. We're gonna keep being together. We're gonna keep doing life together. We need each other. You know, we are better when you're here and you're better when you're here. You know this? We're all better. The Bible describes uh, the church as a body. Paul describes the church as a body in 1 Corinthians. And if the body is missing a part, it's not complete. You're part of the body and we need one another to spur one another on. Okay, so where is Scott England? Scott England, you in here? Where'd he go? You coming back here? Ah, there he is. All right, cool. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I know this is like introverts, nightmare, extroverts are excited. Um, but you do not have to raise a hand. You don't have to. If you would like to, raise your hand and answer this question. How have you experienced God in the community of his people? In the community of his people. Raise your hand if you have something. And let's just say like 10, 20 seconds. Like be as quick as you can possibly be. Because we want to get a few of this. We want to get a few in here. All right, Kelly. So um, last year at this time, I hardly had any girlfriends. Um, I redid my schedule to make sure that I could go to celebrate recovery. I made it that a priority and also to become a member. I became a member of the church and I'm, now I also serve. And now I can tell you that I have so many sisters in Christ that I walk this world with hand in hand. And I can't imagine my life without them, the strength and the courage I have to walk boldly and share the love of God. And because of the community that I have in this church. So definitely recommend Amen it. to that. Thank you, Kelly. And now you got a Jamie, husband. What's Jamie your... over here. <laughs> and now you have a husband. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Yeah, Jamie. Thanks. Boy, Kelly's a tough act to follow, but I've, I've got to reinforce what she said. It's celebrate recovery. Uh, you talk about finding your tribe. Mm. That's where you will find your tribe. Yeah. And probably the biggest thing is, is your point about me too. As soon as you make those connections, you'll find out, hey, me too. Yeah. And there's a lot of folks here just like you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And in terms of watching God in action every other week, there are personal testimonies that people give that will amaze you yeah. with what God has done in their lives. Yeah. Maybe. Highly recommend it hearing testimonies, right? Hearing other people's stories and that shared hope and the shared experience of Jesus. That's so good. Uh, one or two more? Beth? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> here, run back there to Beth. And maybe, is there anybody over here? Maybe on this side? We'll get Gail. Okay, and that'll be the last one. I'm somebody sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead, Beth. with a heart problem. This was not smart, but um, I just wanted to thank uh, my small group and my pastor and Scott um, just for last year was terrible. Um, I'm not one to ask for help. And I, there were days where I couldn't get out of bed, couldn't walk across my house without passing out. I just had a really hard year. And even not asking, just being connected and having people that loved on you, they were the people that were like, she needs help. She needs somebody to pray for her and speak life into her. So even when yeah. you feel like you don't need community, um, you do. Even when it's your nature to say, no, I'm good. But they um, they reach out and let them because uh, it means yeah. it'll it'll change your life and let God use those people. 
That's awesome. Hey, let's get Mashonda and Gail. We got two more. Mashonda, you good? You want to go? All right. Good morning. I've experienced community um, through our um, morning prayer, so I kind of helped one of the people who helped spearhead our Monday through Thursday 715 yeah. prayer. So building a community um, with Ms. Karen and a couple others that's here today, um, just being able to pray for everybody and yeah. to have someone that you could connect with. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a prayer that you guys get on the phone every day and pray with each other. It's so cool. That's amazing. You're one of the originals too, right? Yeah, Is it awesome. three years now? Four years now? Three or four years. Four years Go. straight. Yeah. That's amazing. Miss awesome. Gail. Yeah, our family's been going here about 20 years now, I guess. And we have so many stories, so many so many growth groups we've been a part of and so many friends that are family now that uh, yeah. we've been experiencing. But especially for me, losing both of my parents in the last three years, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my sisters in Christ here and the um, church family together. Yeah. So get in those group groups, growth groups because without them, they do where you can't. Yeah. So. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for sharing. Hey, everybody. Thank you all. Um, yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't share anything better than, than everything that they just shared, but y'all know, y'all know this to be true. Um, and even those of you who are feeling right now, like maybe you are kind of alone. And I know that's true for some in this room right now. And listen, maybe you're just new. Maybe you're trying to figure it out. You're getting to know people. Maybe it's your very first time today. Uh, welcome. We don't always do this, but welcome. Um, and, and I hope and I pray that at least God would just sort of prick our hearts this morning to go, you know what? Life and faith, they're not, to, they're not meant to be done alone. They're just not. And we can do those things together. It's not always perfect. Ain't nobody here perfect. It's not always pretty. But that's the beauty of, of community, right? That we're able to kind of get into the not so pretty parts of each other's lives and know each other. And I want to submit this to you. We all want to be loved, right? You, you want to be loved. I know you do, even if you wouldn't admit that. You want to be loved because God made you that way. It's really hard to be loved if you're not known. It's really hard to be loved. And you can't be fully loved if you're not fully known. So let people in and just get connected however we can. I wanted to show you all a couple of pictures of what I was just talking about a minute ago with um, the temple. So the author of Hebrews, as he's writing this again, he's talking about entering into the holy place, right? That we together as the church, we have been given access into the presence of God. Now, for, for Old Testament, and even at the beginning of New Testament, uh, Jews or Israelites, this is what they thought about when they thought about the presence of God. They thought about the temple. This is the second temple. This is Herod's temple. And if, I know you can't really read that. The, the words are small, but I'll explain to you what's going on here. So outside the walls of this temple, that's the court of the Gentiles. The Gentiles who were not Jewish people, they could come to the outside walls. That was the court there, right, right around the outside. They couldn't enter into the temple proper. But then right inside the walls, there was different levels. There was different levels to like how close in you could come. Right? So right inside the walls was the court of women. Now, I'm sorry, ladies, um, but you couldn't go any further than this. Right inside the walls, right here on the, on the right side, says women's courtyard. They could enter in. They could be in. If you were a Jewish woman, you could enter in, but you could only go that far. And there were gates and there were guards at the gates to keep the Gentiles from that court and to keep the women from going any further. And then there was a court a little bit further, that, that kind of middle gate right there. So that's the gate of Nicanor. And there's the priest's courtyard and there's the Israelites' courtyard. That's where the men could go. They could enter in through there. And they could get right outside that holy place. The men, the normal Israelites could go right outside the holy place. And then only the priests could enter into the holy place. Let's go to that next picture. So only the priests could go in here. 
The priests could walk inside that room. They could offer that. The, they could burn the incense and things like that. They would kind of trade off times doing that. And then even further, there was another level. You guys may know this. If you go up, up those stairs and in where the, the cherubim are right there with the Ark of the Covenant, that gold-plated room, that was called the Holy of Holies. And it was separated even from the holy place. The holy of holies was separated from the holy place by this massive curtain. And only one guy, the high priest, one time a year could enter in behind that curtain. And so you just saw like when the Israelites were thinking about like, what does it look like to draw near to God? That's what they had in mind. They understood. I can only come so close. I can only be so near to God. And guys, I hope as you read Hebrews 10 right there, you understand and he's writing this to, to Jewish Christians to kind of help them understand the significance of what Jesus has done. And he's done it for us, by the way, us, plural. That not only can we come to the Gentile court, not only can we go past the outer court of women, not only can we go past the Israelite court, not only can we enter into the holy place, not only can we enter into the most holy place, he said we enter into the most holy place with confidence. Why? Because the blood of Jesus, and that's our shared experience. And so the, re the reality for all of us is we have been given this free access to the presence of God every single moment of every single day by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, to the degree that you remain on the outskirts of God's presence and the community that he is offering to you in his people, to the degree that you remain on the outskirts of that, is the degree to which your faith cannot be strengthened and spurred on and, and, and sanctified to grow in the fullness of what God is offering to you. He has said, you have free access to me. And the way that you have that is together. He keeps saying, let us draw near together with confidence to enter into the most holy place. And so, I just kind of want to end with uh, maybe some practical thoughts on this. Um, I think we do this to ourselves. Here's, here's what I think we do to ourselves. We create these levels. We create these levels of participation in the body of Christ. And, and I've named these levels three things. Come, community, and communion. Coming, community, and communion. Some of you are coming. You're on the outskirts. You're at that place where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'll come every now and then. I'll show up. The average Christian nowadays shows up once a month to church. It's like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to come sometimes and I'm going to listen and I love Jesus and that's all good for me, but that's, that's where I want to stay. Maybe you don't really have that real community. You don't really know people. You're not really getting into relationship with others. Some of you are a little bit more in there. You're, you're in community. You do know some people. Maybe you come a little bit more consistently. Even if you're asked to serve, you might step in and serve or help out with certain things. Maybe go to an event every now and then. You, you generally know folks. And yet still maybe, uh, man, there's, there's some parts of you that are, that are reserved about really being in the, the, the most close level that I would call communion. And again, that word in, in the New Testament is koinonia. It's the word that the apostles use most often to describe the community of the church. It's really the word communion. It's, man, do life together. Don't just wait to be asked to join. Don't just wait to be asked to, to step into deeper relationship. Take an initiative that the Holy Spirit is, is working in you and living in you. And he's the one kind of urging you and spurring you towards this deeper communion that God wants us all to have together. And maybe that's a, 
that's a challenge that some of us just need to take is to kind of take the next step. If you're just coming, maybe, <clears throat> maybe just take the step of, you know what, I, I'm going to go join a growth group. I'm going to get connected. If you're already doing that and you're pretty well in communion or in community, just going, you know what? I want to, I want to kind of go even deeper and I want to start really contributing to this church life and, 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 and using my gifts and letting God use me here in the body of Christ to build it up and to, to love other people and to serve the church and all those kinds of things. And just really getting to know people, knowing people and letting myself be known as well, actually contributing to the church body. I, I just believe that maybe God's given all of us a next step. And listen, some of you are right in the middle of that. Some of you are in communion. Uh, you are walking with the Lord. You're walking with one another. You're, you're kind of the ones who are sort of the right at the center of the spokes of that wheel. And I would just say this to you, help everybody else. Open your hands, open your arms, open your eyes to see that maybe some of us are just trying to get in there, but we don't know how. And so for those who are, you feel like you're really well connected. You're in that communion, that koinonia already man, just help others, help others come on in. That's the spurring one another on. All right, let's spur each other on so that we would grow and that we would engage and that we would be in the community that God's called us to be. Again, this is not about just coming to church. This is about knowing God through his people. And how cool is it too? Because God desires, God desires you and I to persevere in our faith to the end, right? God desires that. He desires that when you come to faith in Jesus, that until you, uh, until the day that you drop, that you will remain faithful to Jesus. He desires that for your life. How cool is it that the way the author of Hebrews was describing that is that you and I are his plan to make that happen for each other. We are God's plan to help each other keep going in our faith. When you want to quit, you're much more likely to quit if you're all by yourself. You know that. You're much less likely to quit Man, if you would just remain in Christ, in the body of Christ, let us spur one another on, okay? So my encouragement today, again, is just, man, just take whatever that step is for you. If you're just pretty new or you're just on the outskirts, man, just take a step to get to know some folks. Maybe go check out those growth groups. So on that note, if you are in here and you're a growth group leader, if you're a growth group leader, you have one of the growth groups out here, would you just stand up? Is that okay? Can you just do that? Stand up, growth group leaders? Awesome. Can we throw this list up here? Here are the growth groups, okay? Um, Y'all stay standing for a second. Um, all these growth groups are out here. Um, we can leave this up. Just leave it up there for the rest of the time. Um, and you can, you can read the, the ones that are in yellow are ones that are open. They are open and they are staying open. Like you can join these groups really at any time. So hopefully we're, we're just doing our best as a church to kind of take away any excuses to not find a group really that fits for you, okay? And you can look around the room here and you see the faces of those who are leading we're leading the way in these groups, okay? So I'm going to pray, and I want uh, all of us as a church, let's just pray together. I want to pray over the growth groups. I want to pray over the leaders in this room, um, and then they're going to go out there, and I want to encourage all of you to go on out there, talk with some of them, uh, maybe find a group that, that kind of fits you, okay? And, and in any case, um, man, please just, if you need prayer this morning, or if you just need some help with this whole idea of connecting, um, I'd love to talk with you about that and encourage you how I can. All right, let's pray together. God, we're so uh, just thankful again that you do. You call us in, you draw us in, draw us into relationship with yourself and community with one another in that relationship, that we all together walk behind that curtain into the Holy of Holies every day, just as we live in your presence, that we open your word and we pray to you. And we, God, we do that together. We persevere in our faith together. So we thank you, Lord. I, I want to pray specifically over these who are standing and the growth group leaders this semester. God, I pray that groups would just be 
so full of life and hope and fruit from your word and your spirit. Just as we go through this semester learning and growing together, I pray that some who are not yet connected would be connected. Some who don't yet have relationships would have relationships, life-giving relationships through your Holy Spirit. And God, that you would just um, create an environment here at Eastridge of just uh, really easy access to you and, and to deeper community, koinonia communion with one another every single day, Lord. Um, so we just pray for great fruit um, to be uh, produced by you this semester in these groups, Lord. Um, God, I thank you so much. Thank you for just bringing us here together. Let us not forsake to gather together. Let us not forsake to meet together and do life together in the name, in the power, in the grace of Jesus Christ, your son. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. All right. Group group leaders, y'all going out there. Everybody else, go talk to them if you would like. And I'll, I'll hang out right here. If you need anything from me, please come and come chat with me.